What does following Christ mean? Let's start with looking at how we should follow Christ. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18, the first few verses we read, At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted, and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Later in chapter 19, Jesus says, Suffer little children, and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Paul tells us in Ephesians 5, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Why are we called to be childlike? Let's take a look at the characteristics of a child. They are innocent, trusting, simple in faith, humble, teachable, with a natural desire to be like their father. I remember sitting next to my two-year-old son, Isaac, in church once, and as I was listening to the message, I folded my hands, and I noticed so did he. So then I crossed my legs, and so did he. And then I coughed and cleared my throat, and so did he. And he was serious about it. He was paying close attention, following my every move. Now, while we are called to hold the characteristics of a child, there is a difference between being childlike and childish. Brethren, be not children in understanding, howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 14. Proverbs 14.15 warns us that the simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. So where are you going? Who are you following? Have you counted the cost? We might be quick to say we're following Jesus, but would we have continued following him if we were one of his disciples while he walked here below? In the Gospel of John, chapter 6, we read Jesus explaining that he is the bread of life. And the Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Do you know what it meant to tell a Jew to drink blood? Anyone who drank any kind of blood would be cut off from among his people. Later, we read that many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? John records that from that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then he turned to the twelve disciples and asked, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. At this point, we might expect Jesus to say something like, Blessed are you, flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven, and then maybe explain what he meant. But that's not what he said. Instead, Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? I've heard it said that if we were really like Jesus, everyone would be drawn to us. 
But after reading a passage like this, do you really think Jesus was looking for popularity? We have a tendency to look around and become intimidated by peer pressure, swayed by the majority, or fearful of potential consequences in the world around us. Remember the account of the disciples when they were on the ship and realized that Jesus was walking on the water? Matthew 14, verses 28 to 31. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Now we can tend to pick on Peter because of his lack of faith here. But he was so willing to follow Jesus that he got out on the water in the middle of a storm that was throwing the ship around. Where were the rest of the disciples? After Jesus' resurrection, we read another account of Peter and John's gospel, chapter 21. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying but what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. When Peter looked around and saw the boisterous wind and waves, he was afraid. Peter turned about and saw John and said, What shall this man do? When he took his eyes off Jesus, he lost focus. Do we turn about and say, What about him? Do we look around and get afraid? I am deeply concerned that we are so pampered and lulled to sleep by the comforts of this world and the predictability of the structures that define our lives that if Jesus says to us, Follow me, we can tend to respond like the disciples who turned away and said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus said to Peter and Andrew, Follow me, they immediately left their nets and followed him. When Jesus called James and John, they immediately left their ships and their father and followed him. When Jesus says, Follow me, do you hesitate? Maybe you, like the rich young ruler, come to Jesus with the question, What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? What is the first thing you hope he doesn't ask of you? Will it be too much to let go? Do you hear Jesus speaking to you, What is that to thee? Follow thou me. Maybe you're a reputable man like Nicodemus, and you come to Jesus with questions about the kingdom of heaven. What will you do if his answers threaten your understanding and make you look foolish to those who think so highly of you? Are you too secure in your intellect to follow Jesus? Maybe you're a sister like Martha, careful and troubled with serving. But Jesus is calling you to that good part, the one thing that's needful. Yet you're concerned with impressing your guests with extravagant meals, an impeccable house, and comfortable accommodations. 
Maybe you're a brother who finds himself struggling to hold a conviction in the face of potential rumors or false accusations, concerned about your reputation. Maybe you're a sister who read the Bible and notices it doesn't say you have the power of angels and the blessing of honoring your head by merely wearing a symbol of a covering on your head. Rather, Scripture calls you to actually cover your head. But you may be judged by others as extreme or cautioned not to forget the cultural context. You may fear that your friends or loved ones may feel judged by you or that it may push them away. What if you, like the man that brought the gift to the altar, put time and effort and energy into your work for the Lord, but then, after you get all the way to the altar, remember that a brother has something against you? Will you go back the miles and sacrifice the time it takes to make it right? Maybe you end up in a situation like my grandfather, who, in following Jesus' teachings of love your enemies and resist not evil, counted the cost, knowing what that meant for him in the country of Yugoslavia in the 1950s, spending years in prison, separated from his wife and his baby girl at home, and after all those years being tortured in prison, only to ultimately find himself at gunpoint. And as the tears rolled down his cheeks and the bullet traveled past his ear, he kept his eyes on Jesus and followed faithfully in his footsteps. So when we hear Jesus say to us, What is that to thee? Follow thou me. We may feel unsettled, or afraid, or confused. Yet in spite of our own understanding, let's respond in confidence. Nevertheless, at thy word, and like Peter, James, and John, let's bring our ships to land, our wealth, our comforts, our own understanding, forsake all, and follow him.